you're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Hey guys, and welcome to the bonus series of the Social Hub podcast. In case you didn't know, I have a really cool online community, the Social Media 101 Society over on Facebook. And inside that group, I interview some amazing women in business every month on various topics of business, life, and marketing to help that community. And I do not want my podcast peeps to miss out on this action. So I have decided that I will be sharing some of these interviews in some bonus episodes for you. Now, this means a couple of things. One, that you're going to get some extra amazing eps in your ears. Woohoo! And two, that I need to give you a little disclaimer that these are the audio from a live stream video. So while the audio has been repurposed, it sounds like a live stream, complete with me reading out questions from people, saying hello as they drop in and engaging with those who were present. Now, I could edit all of that out, but I think it adds to the fun and the feel of the process and also gives you a taste for how I run my free training and interviews in the group. So I have left it all in because, well, it's also way too much work to try and edit it all out and it's really good content. Today's guest in the bonus series is Sarah Sampana from Sarah Sampana Coaching about how to overcome limiting beliefs. We talk about what a limiting belief actually is and where it comes from, some of the kinds of limiting beliefs that business owners are facing, and some of the members that were there for the live share some of the ones that they're experiencing, and I share some of mine, and Sarah shares some of hers. So it's a really great conversation that will help you feel, you know, not so alone when it comes to the topic of limiting beliefs. And also Sarah shares her four-step framework for overcoming limiting beliefs. Now, I don't know about you, but every day I am faced with a belief or an action of self-sabotage that comes from a limiting belief. The thing is that I have become really conscious about it though, and I know now how to identify them and work through the steps to overcoming them. But let's be honest, the road to business is full of moments where we doubt ourselves, full of fear and stories that we tell ourselves that are not true about why we can't have the success that we desire. But that's the thing. They're just stories. So how do we identify when we have a limiting belief, when we're self-sabotaging ourselves, and work through that so that we can have that passion-filled and profitable business that we all deserve? So sit back, grab a cuppa or a wine and listen on in and you will find all the links to connect with Sarah on the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash bonus four. Enjoy. All right. Welcome everyone to today's live stream, which is around four steps to overcoming limiting beliefs. And um, 
Our guest today is Sarah Sampana from Sarah Sampana Coaching. And we connected Sarah, oh, it would have been last year sometime, I think, originally. Um, we we're in another program with um, a business coach and we've just kind of stayed connected online, haven't we? Like, and you know, you were working and building your business and now you're working full time in your business and yep. yeah, lots of things have been happening for you over the last kind of six to nine months, I think, since we've known each other. And, um, you know, you've really built um, some great business infrastructure in that time as well. And, um, you know, we just when we were talking about, you know, collaborating on a, on a live or, and I will, um, you know, put this into a podcast and repurpose it as well. We were trying to come up with the right kind of topic to talk about for this group. And I think as business owners, limiting beliefs is a great topic um, to lead with because I know it's something that plagues a lot of people. So as we get people jumping on live, we've got Marley here, Kerry, Michelle, Bev, Tara. I guess um, I'm going to hand over and get Sarah to introduce herself formally and properly, not formally, just do an intro. You know, we don't do things formally around here. (laughs) But I guess what we would love to know from you guys as you're jumping in is where do you feel Um, I guess, on that scale of limiting beliefs? Like, do you feel, you know, I always get you guys usually to rate yourself out of five. Like if you were to say one is that, you know, I've, you know, man, I've got so many, it's really holding me back to five. I feel like I'm all over it and I know how to handle them. And I guess like maybe pop in the comments as well, like what if you're happy to share, because this would really help us as well as we navigate this sort of topic in the live stream, is what are some of the limiting beliefs that you tell yourself? Um, or, you know, that, that you feel are holding, holding you back. So while people start to pop that into the comments, do you want to just introduce yourself, Sarah, tell us a bit about you and your business and um, share something, share a, a cool random tidbit about you that no one might know? <laughs> oh, goodness, that's always a good one. So, again, Sarah Sampana from Sarah Sampana Coaching and I have been in my business for probably about 12 months and the first probably four or five of it was a massive struggle and in particular around limiting beliefs because when you step into the business space you kind of have that feeling that build it and they will come (laughs) well that's what I had um it definitely didn't feel like that for that first few months and that's when I yeah I stepped in and worked with the business coach because I was like this isn't working um I have just gone full-time in my business not long ago which is brilliant so it is working full-time weren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I've spent the last nearly 15 years working in community services, so working with vulnerable families and um, helping them kind of up-level in their life. So I've taken a lot of that skills into this. So I guess um, my title technically <laughs> is a mindset and courage coach, but I specialise predominantly in limiting beliefs and limiting stories and being able to work through those but I also hold a big part of self-belief and self-sabotage as other areas that I really love helping women work through as well. So I do just work with women and I am working with women in business because I love watching them grow. So, um, you know, some of the recent clients that I've worked with, hearing about the big massive things that they're doing and the goals that they're like smashing through, like that, that's, that's my cup being filled. So, yep. yeah, that's what I do. And what's what's a, a fact, a oh. fun fact about you? Fun fact about me: I collect fridge magnets. Do you? Yeah. So where's the where where is the most I guess random or <laughs> odd type of fridge magnet from? Um. So probably from Amsterdam. 
mainly oh, because I didn't it. go yeah. there. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> it was, like, well, because I used to, <laughs> all right, so I used to be like, if you're going somewhere and you're going to bring me back a gift, be yes. a fridge magnet. Oh, see, so, I'm cards. I feel like every time I go somewhere, I collect a postcard. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got them from all over the places I've visited and just random ones and ones that I find cute in, you know, shops or whatever. But I've also got a few very random ones where I'm like, yes, I've got one from Amsterdam and Paris. I think it's the other one that I've got that aren't. But you haven't been there? No. No. Cool. Makes me feel like I've travelled the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my fridge. Yeah. You just go to your fridge 500 times a day. So it's like, oh, look at all these places that I've been to. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Love that. All right. Okay. So we've got some really cool comments coming in here, which I'm just going to read out. So um, Kerry's rated herself a one. Beverly says, my beliefs waver on a day-to-day basis. Oh man, Bev, I kind of hear you there. Like, I think that I'm a liberal. So if I'm not, I'm always striving for balance. And if I'm not balanced, it's out of whack, like big time. (laughs) So it wavers (laughs) up and down. She said, I would say I'm a three. Limiting beliefs around whether I really have a viable brand that people want. Kerry says fear of failure, not good enough. Um, Tara says four. Limiting beliefs would be that other people might not like my art. Michelle says three out of five. Um, I'm not good enough is a recurring one. I did discover one about skincare being a frivolous thing a little while ago because Michelle works in skincare. Marley, hey, Marley. Uh, fear of success, feeling of never good enough, perfection, control, too much to do, too little time. Um, Michelle, any girly girls can succeed. That's interesting. I hear you with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think the same thing. I'd be like, oh, if I didn't have makeup on every day or look a particular yeah. way or sound a particular way, yeah. then I wasn't going to be successful. Yeah, one yeah. One. Um, Keep them coming, guys, as you're live. And if you're watching the replay back, please um, comment because it will prompt us to come back as well. Sarah's um, tagged in this live so we can come back and comment on that. Marley said, how's your back? My back's fine. <laughs> I'll be right. Just I'm 40, you know. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. The sad thing about me putting my back out was I didn't actually do anything. Like I didn't have a cool story. You know, back in my 20s, I would have probably stage-dived off a stage and be like, sweet, I did it, doing something fun, but I didn't even do anything fun at this this stage. Um, Ashley, hey, Ash. So I guess, like, as far as business owners go, because you mainly work with women in business, yeah. does that sound like very common themes to you? Yeah, yes. yeah. And if we look at limiting beliefs and where they come from and kind of the story behind it, it literally is that. It's just a story and it's a story that we've told ourselves over and over again. And I find it really interesting because some of the ones that you've mentioned, the story is not really obvious. Like if we look at where we form most of our beliefs, it's in our childhood or our adolescence, sometimes in our yeah. early adulthood, and they're the things that happen time and time again that then show up in our lives and we go, oh, that, that's why that happens. So, for example, like, um, I'm not good enough. It's a massive one, especially for women. I don't know if men really have it. I'll ask sometime, but I don't work with men, so I'm not stressed about it. But it doesn't, I think they do, but they don't talk about it as much, first of yeah. all. But yeah. secondly, that, I think as far as business goes, I think men are, that's where they're mo- more comfortable in business. Yeah. I think that men's, you know, I'm not good enough is more of a, more, seems to be more prevalent personally, whereas yeah. us women, we take that into our business, whereas men seem to be able to shut it off. Yeah, they've yeah. got some kind of line there. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, makes sense. So 
um, like when I am working with a client and I'm talking about kind of a story that they've got, especially around not good enough, we try to look at where that's come from. Like what in their life have they gone through that tells them that they're not good enough? And this is kind of obviously individual for everyone that I've worked with because they all come from different places. We're all 100% unique. So once we actually understand that story and where it's come from, we can start to connect to it on a more logical adult level. So when we're making up stories as a kid, and that's what our brains do as a kid. So I don't know if a lot of people know around kind of that psychology of, of where stories are made up, but they're made up from our kid brain being focused on having to make sense out of nonsensical information. Does that, does that make sense? I yeah, think yeah, that's no, sense totally. 10 too many that times. Makes, <laughs> no, that makes total sense, yeah. So as a young person, our brain is designed to make sense of something. And unfortunately, because our underdeveloped young people brains, which is what it is, um, can't make logical out of it as an adult would, we start taking that on as our story. Yeah. And that story then becomes a part of our identity. You know, so a big one is um, like, I'm shy. Says who? Where did that story come from? Why? And that, because that can limit people, clearly. If you're saying you're shy, so therefore you're not going to do action A, B and C, then that story is then limiting you and that is a part of your limiting beliefs. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that people who um, identify as being shy aren't, it's just where did that story come from and is that still relevant today? Yeah. Because if it is, then how do we work around it? And if it's not, how do we let it go? Because yeah. of the two options we've got. But we, we take so much on as our identity that's not actually ours to own. Like we don't own that. It's just something that people have told us or it's something that our parents might have said when we were younger, oh, don't worry about her, she's shy. Yeah. And that's repeated several times over your life and then you take that on to be a part of who you are. And I love working through this stuff because I've got plenty myself. Yeah. And one of a really good example is um, me and microphones. I don't often have a microphone around me. Like I've got my headset because I don't really do microphones. And that's because I had a story that I sounded shit in a singing contest when I was like 10 and I carried that my whole life. And it, and it, it came down to the microphone. The microphone was what made me sound crap. Hey, my voice isn't too bad, I've got to say. Stace, we'll have to check it out sometimes. And <laughs> yeah, you know I do love karaoke. Yeah. So we may have to have a sing-off one day. <laughs> yeah. But I carried that story with me for so many years and it's only been the last 18 months that I've actually gone, well, it's not the microphone, it's actually the situation. And I now can use a microphone, although I still, got to be honest, yeah, still yeah. not great. But it's that story that I've carried with myself that stopped me from doing something that I really wanted to do in order to get where I wanted to go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that particularly that one of uh, I'm, I'm not good enough, like that's some, I think I don't know any person I know that hasn't said that at some point in time. So there's something's happened somewhere along the line where you've picked up that story and now continue to tell it to you. So, and I think it's because like life happens, you know, shit happens in life. There are things that happen in life that make you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe someone tells it to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, I don't know, you have a shitty breakup or falling out with one of your parents or you know there's a host of many different things that can happen that can cause um you to feel that way and then you just carry carry it on but you know realistically do you ever look around at anyone else and say they're not good enough hell no you're always telling we're all telling everyone else how how that they are so why can't we believe it about ourselves right yeah 
Yeah. Well, that's it. And like I said, it's amazing when you look over where the the underneath root cause of that thought comes from. And it could be something as simple as getting told off as a child for something fairly insignificant that you've then carried, well, I'm, you know, my mum doesn't love me or my dad doesn't love me or I'm not lovable and therefore I'm not worthy. Yeah. You know, once we've got that kind of that seed underneath looked at, that's where the shift happens because then we can, again, we can use our logical adult brain and go, I believe it because of that. That's not even a thing really as an adult. I can go, that's not really a thing. Mum was probably just stressed or for whatever reason had a goal because I did something that I shouldn't have. So now I can start working through where them them layers are of feeling good enough. Yeah, yeah, cool. So to those people jumping on now, we're talking to Sarah today um, about overcoming limiting beliefs. And we're just having a bit of a general chat about limiting beliefs to start. And then Sarah does have like a four-step process that she works through with um, clients on how to overcome that, which we'll get to in a second. But as you are all jumping in, um, what I did get everyone to do was kind of rate themselves out of five, like, how do you feel as far as limiting beliefs go? Like one being you feel like you have plagued with them to five being like you know exactly, you know, how to identify them and how to move forward. And I think, and, and if you're comfortable to share maybe what some of yours are in the comments and some people have shared some really good ones. So I'd love to hear some more. And there's just a couple more I want to touch on before we get into your four-step process. But the other thing I wanted to say was, you know, it, sometimes it can be easy to sit here and listen to people like you and I, Sarah, talking about this and think that we we don't have limiting beliefs. And it's not that we don't, it's just that we recognise them and know how to work through them. Um, mm. And I think that's the key difference, isn't it, between someone that yeah. keeps Yeah, and it's my first step. Forward. Yeah, keep working <laughs> forward, yeah. So um, aside from that one about not being good enough, there was another one which, you know, is um, was a bit similar to that and that was that I think it's more around that people, particularly in business, People won't buy your stuff or people won't like your stuff. Um, I know Beverly said, you know, she feels that she, um, now what was exactly was that comment that Bev said, Uh, whether she has a viable brand. I know that Tara said limiting beliefs that other people may not like my art. And I know that's something that comes up a lot too, is that this fear of people not liking our offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fear of judgment. Imposter syndrome, yeah. feeling, again, not good enough. You yeah. know, if we tie it all back, really, a lot of it comes back to that not good enough. Yeah. And it's really hard because, um, again, it's, when we're looking at our self-belief around what is possible for us, we underestimate it a lot and we underestimate our potential a lot. And, therefore, the way we show up in the world isn't our true self and it's not being who we are. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, really. If you don't think people are going to buy your stuff, then you're going to be able to put out things in the world energetically. And, yeah, that is a little bit woo-woo, but I believe that we do have an energetic vibration. And when you meet someone, you either like them or you don't. And that's generally before they've even spoken to you. So that can only come down to energy and vibes that they're putting off. So if you're sitting in an area where you doubt yourself and you don't have a lot of belief in what you do or or how you're, you know, going to be profitable or or make things work, then you're giving that out and you're fulfilling that prophecy. And this is where we kind of keep going back to, um, you know, staying in our our normal 
kind of the status quo, for lack of better words. We stay in that status quo by doing things that keep showing the universe that we're not out there for it. We're not ready for it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that's—I mean—that's a whole other topic for another yeah. day. I know. But, I was going to uh, say we're going off on yeah, a big yeah, tangent yeah. there, oh, but it is a—but it is important to note that if you're—if you are listening to those limiting beliefs and you're letting them control your narrative, then mm-hmm. that is what—that's hap- what happens. Like I always used to say, I've always said my whole life, be careful what you ask for, because—and I've said that my entire life. You know, I say it to my kids. And, you know, say it to my husband, say it to my friends when they're being negative Nancy's. I'm like, be careful what you ask for because if you mm-hmm. keep saying this, it's going to happen because it, you, it's, it's, not even, it's not even just an energy thing. It's just like if you really believe that shit, everything you do actually perpetuates it happening because you, you're holding yourself back in your business. You're not putting offers out there because you're too scared no one's going to buy it. So therefore no one's going to buy anything if you don't give them anything to buy. So it, you know, it, it does actually affect the physical actions that you take as well. hundred percent. Now there's a couple more coming in as well. Shakina said, um, the one I, the one I know about is that you have to work hard to earn money. Yes. That's a good one. Self-sabotage. Kel says hi. Um, Ashley says self-sabotage. Yeah. The one about you have to work hard, have to work hard to earn money. That's a big one. Um, So the other ones that were mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on as well, which I really liked, and I guess maybe maybe it's because it resonates with me, is um, now Michelle said only girly girls can succeed um, in her sort of business. And I think like I think everybody at some point has looked at themselves and said, whether or not it's, you know, the girly girl sort of analogy or not, it's looked at themselves and said, I can't succeed in my industry because insert shitty thing that you've said about yourself here. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And like, for, I think cause as women, obviously we're programmed from a young age that we have to look a certain way in order to be anything. You know, we have to have, for example, for me, curly hair, I did not embrace my curly hair until about three or four years ago. I hated it until then because yeah. pretty girls don't have curly hair because I had not seen, you know, we weren't exposed to women who had curly hair that were either successful or pretty or, or pretty. Sorry, I use quote marks on that because that's ridiculous, the standard, but it's what we're taught. So we continue to have those thoughts over and over again around we have to look a certain way in order to be a certain thing. Yeah. Successful woman looks like this and we yes. base it on some stupid media picture of a woman in a power suit with her high heels and like I don't wear high heels and I'm okay. I'm still going to be successful. Like yes. it's, it's really changing what is possible for us. Like yes. you are successful because you decide you are. Yes. You are successful because you are doing everything you in your power to be successful. And success looks different for everyone. So what is your, um, you know, what is your, your vibe of being um, successful? Like where does yes. that, where do yes. you have to get to in order to yes. be successful in your yes. opinion? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, one of the things for me particularly was, and this is me, and I know a lot of other people feel like that when it comes to success, is to me, success it isn't determined by the size of my house or mm. the price tag on my car or any of those things because I actually don't place a huge value on material possessions. That's not mm. one of my high, it's, I'm yeah. more into relationships and traveling with my family and the things that I get to do with people. Mm. So when I first started trying to work out what my vision of success was, I really struggled to put something tangible on it. Yeah. And, you know, for people that, for me, 
you know, success wasn't determined by that. And if you go and look at, you know, all the shit that the media puts in front of you and social media even puts in front of you, mm-hmm. and, and it's driven by some entrepreneurs themselves even, that the version of success is that you have to fit that mould. Well, no, your version of success is whatever version that may be. Your version of success for your business could be paying for your family's holiday every year. Mm-hmm. And if that's what your version of success is, then awesome. Just own that. If your version of success is, you know, a multiple six-figure income and retiring your husband, awesome. Go for that too. But it doesn't mean to say we don't all have to fit into one specific mold. And I know for me in social media, I've had a lot of limiting beliefs around, you know, I'm a bit of an older duck on the block compared to some young girls that work in social media and that's fine. And I've felt the pressure of not feeling like I fit into the mold or that I don't look a certain way in comparison to those people Mm. but at the same time I offer something that they can't like you know I also think they're going to grow up and have children one day and soon realize what life's really about and (laughs) and we love you for being you and for having the wisdom and experience that you have and 100% your vibe attracts your tribe so you own the fact that you're not the young duck and you're not out there flaunting around in your bikini Oh my God, I haven't worn a bikini since like, oh my, since, I don't know, it would have been before Ella was born, so that's 12 years ago. Yeah, and but this is the thing, you know, where we're so pre-programmed to want to have what other people have or look at what other people are doing, that we forget that being 100% who we are attracts our people. Yes. And there's millions and billions of people in the world. Yeah. You know, we're not limited just because we now fit a certain mould that is what we are or the people that yeah. we want to work with. But it's really easy to look around and see kind of what everyone else is doing and go, all right, I'm, I'm not doing that, so I'm not going to be successful. But I love yeah. the point that you made, that success looks different for everyone. Absolutely. And once you know what that is for you, that's all you need to worry about. You're yeah. just heading towards that. And be okay with it. Mm. Yeah. And get don't, through the challenges us, that get you let. there. Don't let all these other people tell you that it Mm. should be anything different than that. Like it should just be what you need it to be. Now, Shakina says, um, because I'm too alternative, because I'm an introvert, because I don't enjoy playing the game, because I'm not good at marketing. I, oh my, that's one I hear. I mean, I hear that all the time, obviously. People go, but I'm not good at social media. And I look at their Instagram and I'm like, you are good at social media. Yeah. And says who? By whose standard are you exactly. measuring that on? Because you, you don't do you. And that yeah. is exactly what you need to do to build a successful business. Like yeah. I, the shoulds, I'm, I'm an anti-should, the word should. Well, I should do it this way or I should have done it that way. Like I'm anti-should. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> You need to do exactly what you need to do and what feels right for you in order to get where you need to be. Once once you're on that path and once you let go of all the shoulds, coulds, woulds and bullshit around it, yeah. Oh, the growth that you can see is actually amazing to watch. Yeah. But you've got to be open to it. You've got to be willing to do some of the mindset work because yeah. that's 100% going to stop you. Uh, you know, even when you are talking before about self-sabotage, I always find it comes in waves. We get through a limiting belief and we go, all right, we've kind of, we're on the edge of crushing that limiting belief and getting rid of it. Yes, we get into that inspired action. We're ready to go. Yes, we're doing the thing. And then all of a sudden self-sabotage comes along yes. and goes, wait a second, wait a second. You're getting out of our normal comfort zone. Yeah. What the hell do you think you're doing, lady? Get yeah. back into the comfort zone. Yeah. And then we get back into that cycle and the limiting belief kind of pops up again yes. because we've got space for it to grow. We work through it. So it's really interesting because everyone thinks there's kind of a one a one fix for mindset. 
And I've seen so many people, they're like selling these programs and this will fix everything and you'll be fine. And once you've done this, you'll move on and you'll be great. It's, it's a bit of a you circle. You can't take a pill. <laughs> no, and it's a circular motion. Like, yeah. And I'm, I don't say that to discourage people because some people no, hear that and like, oh, crap, true. like am I ever going to ever gonna get through it? But unfortunately the internal work never ends. Yes. And, and that's a great thing because the growth that can come from that and I, what's the saying? I think it's Denise DT. What does she say? New level, new devil? Yes. Yep. Definitely. Once you work through kind of that first layer of crap and you move to the next yep. level, there's another limit that you're going to hit that you need to then go, all right, I've got to work through that now. Yeah. It's when you go to take action on the yeah. Like, okay, you know, um, I mean, I, uh, my most recent experience with this was when I was delivering my co- the course creation project the first time and we got to week four, module four, where it was about the selling system and all of a sudden everyone's, it was like, okay, they're all happy. They built these landing pages ready to launch their course and then it was just like, ah, what if no one buys it? No one's going to like me, like all this stuff. And I'm like, give yourself permission to sell. Give yep. yourself permission for it to be okay if it doesn't work perfectly yeah. the first time. Like, Failure is an illusion. We had you to will go. never fail. Yeah. You will learn. You will grow. Like, yeah. but we all we do. We get so scared that yeah. What if no one buys it? What if no one turns up? What if I do this webinar and there's like one person there? Well, then you know what? Serve your ass off to that one person. Keep putting that energy yeah. out there, and let that one person spread the word about how awesome it was and people missed out and they should come to the next one. Yeah, and we we just it was funny because. Um, when we got, when I got to that week around that module around selling it, Mm -hmm. I had to, in the Q and A's, I worked more with everyone on their mindset around selling than the actual process. Like the process was in the modules. Everyone learned the process really easily. It was the mindset around, can I do this? I don't want to press send on that email because what if no one buys it off the email? You know, like all that stuff started coming up. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, all right, so let's get into your four your four R's. So yep. if you want to just give, so this is kind of a process you run through with clients. Yep. Yep. Cool. So I follow this process quite loosely because again, it's not linear, and we yep. and I work with people, <laughs> so I work yeah, yeah. with how, how they <laughs> the people are. People are not linear. <laughs> No, no, we're very complicated people, really. Um, so the four R's, the first one is reflect. So self-awareness is your superpower. When you are able to reflect and find out what's going on, 100%, 100% that's where your power is. So the second one is root cause. So as I've said a few times in this live, that um, we really need to kind of find out where it's come from. We need to know. So even before when you were reading out a comment and someone was talking about how it has to be hard work or something like that around building their business, like it's got to be hard work, like that's a perfect one to look at. Where did that story come from? Like what is the root cause of that? Is that something mum and dad told you? Like where where can you pinpoint as much as possible where that came from? The next one is your reframe. So then we start looking at, all right, we know what it is. We know where it's come from. How can we reframe it? So in order to change a story, you generally can't just get rid of it. Like you can't just take the story out of your head and and it was never there. We need to look at how we can reframe it and how we can work around it to build a new story. And the last one's results. And that speaks for itself. Once we've gone through those three processes, we get to the part that we can actually see where, where you're getting to, like what the purpose of it is. You start to see your results. Yeah. So I can expand a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So let's... I. I feel like the first two are probably the best to expand on because mm-hmm. I don't, I would imagine, and this is just me not as an expert in your field speaking here, <laughs> that the first two are probably where a lot of the work's done. 
Yeah, 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 100%. So um, when you reflect self-awareness, that really is, um, again, that's where the power is in being able to change your results. That's the first step you can take. So, for example, last week I was sitting there myself. Again, we all have these. Um, and I was starting to get into some self-sabotage myself of procrastination and should I really do this thing or maybe I should change what I was doing planning to do like is maybe it's the wrong thing like instead of actually taking the action that I'd already planned for myself I'd already stepped into that self-sabotage but I now am able to pick it up before it gets too far or gets to determine where I'm going or stops my results from happening and that's a practice like um, I've been in community service industry for the last 15 years and reflection is one of our biggest things to have in that industry and I, I was actually surprised that that that's not something most people know how to do or it's not something people do often. So once I learned that people need to step back into that space, instead of um, trying to step three steps ahead, we need to sit in that space for a little while and reflect on what's going on. What is yeah. the thought that's coming up when we're going to press you know, live in our Facebook group? Yeah. What is the thought that comes up when we're about to, like you were saying, press send on that email? Yeah. Like, what exactly is that? Write it out. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Journaling, I'm massive on journaling. I journal every morning, both on my own limiting beliefs, but also on my goals and my intentions. Yeah. Because once you get it out of your head and put it on paper, you can then actually start making sense of it. Yeah. Like, you can make sense of what those thoughts yeah, are definitely. and what's happening for you. It's like they always say when you write a goal down, it's more likely to happen. Yeah. You know, so when you, when you, write it down and journal on it, then it's actually, there's actual, you know, biology and psychology yeah. behind writing these things down that it, it can t- start to make more sense. We can, you know, start to really unpack it a little bit more. And, you know, I think one of the, the things when you're looking at reflecting is sometimes it, it that, I guess that, uh, that action that is happening from that limiting belief can be um, it can be can be really easy to identify sometimes because we'll get that physiological feeling mm. of you know maybe your tummy goes in knots or you get the clammy hands and you're like because you're really nervous about something you know particularly in business if you're looking at that whole I'm not good enough people won't like my offer you know you start to get that oh should I go live should it, what if no one jumps on live what if I'm talking to myself like all those things but sometimes it can be wrapped up in, in other ways. And, and one of the things that always presents for me is I start doing other tasks that are not necessary. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily nervous. I'm just uh, totally avoiding it altogether <laughs> and just doing something else. Yeah. And I start like, I don't know, researching, um, you know, a new website theme. Like, which is like totally unrelated to what I should yeah. be. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've rebuilt my website just because <laughs> it's like, well, that seems easy and it's keeping me busy and I'm yeah. doing work. Yeah. But yeah, and, 100%. You know, here's, a, here's an email sequence for a product I don't even have um, <laughs> because I want to avoid doing the thing I'm meant to be freaking doing. And mm-hmm. it's so, but it took me ages to actually identify that that was because I was limiting myself from success because of some shitty story I was telling myself and Mm -hmm. I was not doing the things I was meant to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone else can identify with that, but I do that all the time. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's it. And it's not about stopping that because essentially speaking, there's always going to be an element of it. You know, there's always, and again, new level, new devil. Like once you've kind of moved through one level and you're doing really well there, you get to a new spot where you're like, I've been doing really well, but all of a sudden my sales are gone down. And then I look and I'm like, oh, that's because I haven't put my offer out yet that I was meant to do three days ago because I'm working on this email sequence. I haven't asked for any sales because I've been worrying about this website theme that's not important. Yeah. And, you know, and it's good because hearing your, how it works for you, Stace, goes to show that, you know, you can work through it, but it is still there and not to be too hard on yourself. You know, the rest of the world's hard enough on us. We don't need to be, you know, doing that to ourselves as well. But it's really interesting when women are talking about, oh, well, I was going to do this thing, but I didn't because, you know, for example, I was scared no one was going to buy it. What happens if no one buys it? We have to feel an unpleasant emotion. Mm. But once we, again, are able to reflect on that, okay, so I'm not doing this because I might feel an unpleasant emotion, aka also known as a negative, but I call them unpleasant because that's all they are. It's just an emotion. And what we, um, what we attach to it is actually what makes it powerful or not. And, all right. So, and the thing is too, yeah. who, who knows that no one bought it? Yeah. Like that's the flip side. The people watching you on Instagram would have no freaking idea that nobody bought your thing. So, like, it's really, you're you're fighting yourself. You're not Mm -hmm. fighting anyone else's opinion because most of the time they won't even know the outcome. Yeah. And what about if people buy it past your expectations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we've got to look at the flip side. Like, yes, it's good to be able to go, all right, no one might buy it and I might feel this unpleasant emotion and be okay with that. But what about the opposite? Yeah. What if it goes off like fire cakes and you don't know what to do with yourself because there's too much money coming in? That's always, that's, I don't that's think that's a an terrible. actual problem. I know. I was going to say, I can't <laughs> see that as being a problem, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So re- reflection is the first one. And then number two was root cause. So how, yeah. how do you, how, how do you identify what the root cause is? Because this is something I struggle with a lot. Like I can identify it really easily, but trying to actually work out where it's come from yeah I find a real challenge yeah and it can be challenging especially when like for me I don't have a really clear childhood memory I don't know what my brain did with all my childhood memories but they're not stored in my brain anymore so sometimes for me it's quite difficult to see where the root cause of something came from but it's again and this is where the journaling comes in because often if you while you're journaling and you've given yourself space to do that you'll actually hear where it's come from. Like, for example, go back to that, um, you've got to work hard to make a business successful. I've often had clients that will be reflecting on that and journaling in that space and then they'll actually hear their dad talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll actually be like, my dad always used to say he didn't want to be in business anymore because it was too hard. Yeah. And my dad was always tired and he was always exhausted and he was never home. Therefore, the equal of that is it's hard, you know, it's hard work in order to run a business. Yeah. You know, so that's a really good example of of one way you can kind of look into where it's come from. And again, what did your parents tell you about A, B and C, whatever it is that you're working through? What did your um, grandma, like who were the significant people in your life that were teaching you the stories and beliefs that you now have? And bless them. They knew no better. Like, I love my mum dearly. She's helped me with so much and she's made me the person I am today. But God, oh, did she give course. me some crappy beliefs. 
Oh, and you know, I was just thinking when we were talking when you were talking about business being hard, like you know, Australians, our entire ethos is around hard mm. yakka. Like <laughs> we, we, it's like yeah. a badge of honor in this country. Yeah, if you're an Aussie, you're a hard worker. You know live on the land and like th- that was as we yeah. carried that since the, the country was you know um you know british colonies and all that okay. came in and, and you know the country was formed in that manner um that's the stuff that these generations have taken on you know 100%. yeah so it's 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 everywhere over well, particularly for australians i find yeah and like money doesn't grow on trees i don't know how many times i was told that as yes. a kid. like that was a yeah. good one here in australia yeah. i'm here it was everywhere but it was a big one you know you can't have that money doesn't grow on trees like it's all of those little things that we've taken on to be truth yeah we've taken it on to be our identity and our story and um again once we can kind of connect where that story has come from we can really see the power of it letting go yeah yeah definitely Mm. And, um, yeah, it, it, I know I find that is the hardest step for me is figuring out where that has come from. But I, I often find for me, and I don't know if this is like, obviously from what you were saying, a lot of it is tied up into a key relationship, whether it's a parent, grandparent, maybe, a, a you know, a, I, I picked up a lot of limiting beliefs from my first marriage that was yeah. not good yep. <laughs> from and things teachers, that I got told. And, you know, yep. the close teachers we have in high school or uni or, you know, those people that really formed a strong connection with us yep. that had very strong opinions on how life should be. Yeah. And sometimes too, you know, people say things, but it's your interpretation of them that mm. makes them a limiting belief. Like with that whole money doesn't grow on trees. I say that to my kids, but I say it to them because every time we go to the shops, they think I have to get my purse out and pay for something. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, we don't. I, I only came here to get like two apples. Like I'm not here to get my, do the whole thing. <laughs> and it's like, you know, money doesn't go on trees. And it's not because I want them to think that they should be limited in, in mm-hmm. how much money they earn. I'm trying to impress upon them that you don't have to spend money every time you go somewhere. But it's how that thought then gets processed and then the story you make up and attach to it yeah and it is a perspective we all wear our different lens based on our experiences and how we've grown up and the things that we believe in um but the biggest thing is that we can change those yes you know we can work on those we can change our stories we can decide and it really is everything i believe is a choice we can decide that we don't want that to be our story therefore we choose different you know, and, and so then that's where the reframing and then, yeah. and then unpacking the results. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, like even my son last week, we're watching a movie and had some girls in it that were uh, rich bitches, for lack of better words. Yeah. Like yeah. True sense of it. And he was like, oh, why are rich people always so, you know, rude or whatever it was that he said? And I was like, uh uh uh. And this is coming from some, these are the things I've taught him clearly over all these years. But now that I work on my own money mindset over the last 12 months, I'm like, Mm-mm, we're not having that story in this house. They yeah. would be rude whether they had money or not. It has nothing to do with the money. Absolutely. So, And it is, you know, it's the things that we got taught. It's the things that we, um, and now I'm exploring more of my own in other areas, like I said, with the money mindset, that I'm like, well, actually, I don't want my son to have the, those same kind of yeah. beliefs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's a really good point is particularly around the whole money mindset thing because that's another big one in business and, you know, again, oh, yeah. another whole conversation for another day because, you know, it then it gets attached to our pricing and all those sort of things and, um, you know, is 
that if you are successful and you have money, if you're a good person, you're going to be a good person whether you have money or you don't have money, Mm -hmm. right? So the only difference there is if you're a good person and you're, you know, you're limiting yourself from, from earning more money, the only thing that you're going to be able to do with that money as a good person is spread more good. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to help more people because you've got more money. So don't mm-hmm. limit yourself. Yeah, Money just amplifies who we already are. Yourself to earn more money because it's a good thing. It means you'll be able to do more, mm-hmm. So you know, and all those things. So I'll just um, go through some of the other um, comments here. Shakina says, I can't stand people who guarantee a quick fix. The inner work never ends. No, you can't guarantee a quick fix. I, I, I see it all the time in marketing, people saying they can guarantee stuff. Mm. And you just, you can't, you know, I mean, if COVID's taught us anything, nothing <laughs> is certain in life. The, you, the world can change overnight, you know. Um, Marley says, I'm a professional, professional procrastinator learner. I can never <laughs> learn enough. Oh, she so does this too. I was only talking to Marley about this the other week. She was doing like, I don't know, five courses or more at, oh the, my at the one time. And I'm like, I think you need to maybe not do so many at once. Like, so procrastinate learner, that's such yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, ooh, um, I can busy myself doing this instead of doing something mm. else. That I should I've always do. been a procrastinate cleaner. Oh, I wish I was a procrastinate cleaner. <laughs> yeah. I'm a no, procrastinate I've... drinker. yeah I might be one of those too I'll jump on that bandwagon but yeah normally if I'm like scrubbing my bathroom I'm like what should I really be doing right now because it's probably not scrubbing my bathroom yeah and and when you can identify that you're like oh I'm doing it again then it's like hey what is this bringing up for me what do I need to do now yeah Yeah, cool all right so in wrapping up can you tell everyone how they can connect with you and I know that you've got a couple of cool things coming up so do you want to tell everyone about your um, program that's coming up and how they can connect with you and I'll pop all those links into the caption for the live once we jump off beautiful so a few things so if you're looking for me on socials it's under Sarah Sampana coaching I am more active on Instagram than I am on Facebook I've got to say my Facebook's a bit dismal I will work on that um I have an amazing offer though I'm literally just launching it today I have a two-week mini live course. Like I said, I like to do things my own way. So it's kind of a workshop slash um, masterclasses slash Q&A sessions coming up on the 21st of July um, called Overcome uh, Mindset Challenges. So that'll come with like three masterclasses around different areas on working through your limiting beliefs but also your self-sabotage. a few workbooks and things like that. So that's going to be great. And it is at a crazy, insane low price of only 39 Australian dollars. Take my money. Your friend, take my money. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I can't wait. I'm just, I'm really excited. And I like to do things live. And that's because, again, I don't believe that I can just put a course out there and you just watch it. And then all of a sudden you're walking in magical unicorn land of feeling free and and not having any issues. (laughs) So that's the one thing that I'm really excited to be bringing out this month. Um, But for anyone who's looking for more one-to-one support as opposed to the group and is really ready to kind of let go of those beliefs and move forward, I'll get you to chuck in a link there where they can book in for a virtual cup of tea with me and um, and have a look at what, what I can do to support them through that and guide them through that. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So 21st of July. Mm. Oh, that sounds really cool. Really cool. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll pop all those links into the caption for the live once we jump off. 
Thanks so much, Sarah, for jumping on and sharing your um, knowledge with everyone today. And I guess, have you got any final words for anyone that's watching it now or might watch the replay back? Yeah. Um, do you make sure that you reflect on what's going on for you so you can move to that next level? And we all know how amazing people are with their all of the stuff they've got going on and we can't wait to see more of it. So I love supporting women in business, so I can't wait to see what everyone brings out. Cool. Awesome. All right, love, thank you so much. And, um, yeah, for everyone that's watching back the replay, please pop anything you want um, need to in the comments. It'll prompt Sarah yeah. and I to come back and reply to you. And have a wonderful Monday. And I think this was great to start the week off with. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, so thanks. Everyone Loved it. Have a great week. All right. Thank you. Thank you everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy. Stay classy.